Well, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Good morning and welcome once again as we have gathered to worship here at Lovejoy. Let's take a look at the things that are going on in the life of the church. Uh, you'll find these in your bulletin. Uh, there will be no choir tonight. Uh, we have several members that are not going to be here, so we're just going to not do it tonight. Listen to your CDs, please. Uh, and starting next week, uh, we will be singing the cantata twice during um, uh, choir practice. So be prepared for that. Uh, so just the heads up on that. So we'll be prepared for that. Uh, if you look at the United Methodist Men and Women's Times, I messed that up. I put stuff in the wrong place. I do that sometimes. Uh, the men are meeting on December 8th. So the men are meeting on December 8th. And the women are meeting on November 14th. They have not yet had their meeting uh, this month. So I, I, I flip-flopped that around. I don't, my brain just was not working when I did that. So uh, please make note of that, and we'll have that flipped around uh, correctly next week. Uh, the Bible in the Year study, we are doing Esther uh, this week. Es Esther this week at, uh, at 6.30. I, I mean, I don't, we're, I'm, I'll get there. I'll get there today. Uh, so at 6.30, we'll be meeting on Wednesday for that study. Uh, you'll see there under upcoming events, uh, the Methodist men are doing a Boston butt sale on December 16th. Uh, it will be $40 per ticket, and tickets are on sale now. Um, I'm not for sure who has those tickets, but tickets are on sale now. Uh, so uh, hit somebody up in the Methodist men, and we'll make sure that you get a ticket for that. Uh, and as always, uh, worship is always in need of others to help out, so please let me know on that. Uh, other announcements this morning? Yes. Good, good to hear, good to hear. Uh, any others this morning? All right, well, seeing no others this morning, let us join together in our opening prayer as it's found in the bulletin. So let us pray together. God of new beginnings, it is a joy to sing your praises. Your glory blesses our souls with hope. Your majesty fills our lives with splendor. Your spirit makes all things new. Blessing creation with healing and wholeness. Shake the heavens and earth once more, that we may see your power and hold fast to the source of our hope. For you are greater than our fears and mightier than our failings. Call us from death to life, Holy One. For you are God of the living, not the dead. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is number 103, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.
may be seated. Let us turn in our bulletins this morning as we come to a time for our prayer of yearning and words of assurance. So let us pray the prayer together. Reach us in our need, loving God, for we wander as lost children without your presence in our lives. When our hope fails and our confidence is shaken, renew us in your mercy. When our footsteps falter and our eyesight dims, place our feet firmly on the paths of life. Remind us that we are your beloved children, the handiwork of your gracious love. Give us the strength to stand firm and hold fast to your promises when our courage wanes. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through the Holy Spirit, who is always with us, our lives bear the fruit of salvation. Through the love of Christ, who is always faithful, our sins are forgiven and our lives are made whole. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we continue this morning, we pause for just a moment to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. Uh, this morning we did have uh, Eric White, which is a friend of mine and Jana's. Uh, he is uh, back in the hospital uh, in the ICU, uh, so we're uh, asking for prayers for that. Uh, Mark and Kat are overseas in Thailand uh, visiting Kat's mom, which is a praise and a concern all at the same time. Uh, it's wonderful that she's able to do that, and we pray for their safety and safety travel back when, when they do come back home. Uh, we celebrate that a birthday gets celebrated over there this year, too, from what Brenda said, so we're thankful for that. Thankful for that. Um, the Sheila Atkins family, if you noticed the uh, funeral um, tarp outside in the graveyard, uh, Sheila Atkins family, uh, so be with them. They were once members here, so uh, please remember that family as well. And an update on Derek from Anita. Um, they are uh, weaned him off the high meds that keep him in the comatose state. Uh, he was able to blink his eyes. He was able to open his eyes, and Anita was able to see those big old baby blues. So she was extremely excited about that. Uh, and this is, you know, little by little progress, and she appreciates all the prayers. She appreciates the text and the calls. She said, keep them coming. She enjoys reading every one of them. Uh, and hearing, having those conversations. So please uh, keep those coming and just continue to pray for Derek and Anita and Kyle and all of those that are having to travel back and forth uh, to spend time with Derek. So just be in prayer for all of that. Uh, are there others to lift up this morning? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Did I not put her on here? I thought I did. I am so sorry. You sent that to me and I did not get that on here, but yes. I am sorry. I had I I I, I didn't it just it missed the list this morning. We will make sure it gets on there. Um, any others this morning? Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer.
Gracious and wonderful God, we have once again come this morning to sing praises, to hear and read scripture, to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and to be with one another as the children and the family of God. Lord, we come this morning with hearts that are hurting, with minds that are confused and waning and tired. Lord, we just come to you as broken people. And Lord, this morning as we have come to this place to receive your presence, to receive your word, to receive a renewal and a refreshing Lord, we come with all these names before us. A list that continues to grow. Lord, we lift every one of these names up to you. We ask for healing where healing is so much needed. We ask for comfort and peace where that is needed. Lord, we ask for your presence to be felt in all of their lives. Lord, as we have come this day, we've come to bring praise and thanksgiving. We've come to be humbled. We've come to confess and to repent. We've come just to be in a place that is different from the rest of the world. Lord, as we have gathered together this day, we ask for your presence and your peace, your understanding. We ask that our eyes see what you see, our ears hear what you hear and that our hearts love the way that you love. So today, Lord, we come together asking all these things, and we come to pray the prayer that has been prayed over the generations. We add our voices to that once again this day as we say the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, As we continue this morning, our first scripture reading comes from the Psalms. It is uh, our Psalter reading this morning. We will read this together. It is Psalm 145, 1 through 5, and 17 through 21. So let us read this responsively. I will lift you up high, my God, the true King. I will bless your name forever and always. I will bless you every day. 
The Lord is great, so worthy of praise. God's greatness can't be grasped. One generation will praise your works to the next one, proclaiming your mighty acts. They will talk about the glory of the splendor of your majesty. I will contemplate your wondrous works. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, faithful in all his deeds. The Lord is close to everyone who calls to him, to all who call out to him sincerely. God shows favor to those who honor him, listening to their cries for help and saving them. All who love him, but he destroys every wicked person. My mouth will proclaim the Lord's praise, and every living thing will bless God's holy name forever and always. Amen. As we, uh, somebody want to grab the basket for me? Uh, as we bring the offering forward this morning, let us stand and sing the doxology. Eternal God, you are the caretaker of our souls. You draw near to all who call on you. May the offering we bring before you this day heal the broken lives and unrealized dreams of the world. Amen. You may be seated. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and then 13 through 17. Hear now from this second letter to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we have a request for you concerning our Lord Jesus Christ coming and when we are gathered together to be with him. We don't want you to be easily confused in your mind or upset if, we, if you hear that the day of the Lord is already here. Whether you hear it through some spirit, a message, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. That day won't come unless the rebellion comes first and the person who is lawless is revealed and who is headed for destruction. He is the opponent of every so-called God or object of worship and promotes himself over them. So he sits in God's temple, displaying himself to show that he is God. You remember that I used to tell you these things while I was with you, don't you? But we always must thank God for you, brothers and sisters, who are loved by God. This is because he chooses you from the beginning to be the first crop of the harvest. This brought salvation 
though your dedication to God by the Spirit and through your belief in the truth. God called all of you through our, God, our, our good news so you could possess the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions we taught you, whether we taught you in person or through our letter. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and a good hope. May he encourage your hearts and give you strength in every good thing you do or say. And our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. This is one of many questions that have been asked to Jesus, and this one is about the resurrection. So let's now hear what Luke has to say. Some Sadducees, who deny there's a resurrection, came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a widow but no children, the brother must marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, now there were seven brothers. The first man married a woman and then died childless. The second and then the third brother married her. Eventually, all seven married her, and they all died without leaving any children. Finally, the woman, the woman died too. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? All seven were married to her. Jesus said to them, People who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to participate in that age, that is, in the age of the resurrection from the dead, won't marry, nor will they be given in marriage. They can no longer die because they are like angels and are God's children since they share in the resurrection. Even Moses demonstrated that the dead are raised in the passage about the burning bush when he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He isn't the God of the dead, but of the living. To him, they are all alive. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, once again, we have come to this place to hear your message, to hear your word. So Lord, speak. Let our ears hear. Let our eyes see, let our minds resound, and our hearts leap. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this morning in the text of Luke, we hear this very poignant question by the Sadducees. They are asking about the law. They are talking about what happens to a widow who has no children. 
to a woman in a time when women had no authority, where women could not hold property, where they were seen as property. So we have some questions that may come up with this question that the Sadducees give us. Because they're asking about the law of marriage and they're asking about the resurrection, which it tells us that they do not believe in. And it shows us the absurdity of what can be the law when it comes to marriage and to how women were treated. So Jesus is, is talking about the resurrection in this, and he's talking about it as it pertains to justice and love. That in the resurrection, marriage is a non-issue because it just doesn't matter at that point. That all love one another fully and completely, and that all are equal in the eyes of God, and that they are not dead, but alive. So what is this about marriage? Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit, and I'm going to ask for some participation. You know, being the body of Christ is not necessarily a spectator sport. We just don't get to sit around and watch what's happening. We have to get involved. So it's going to require a little bit of participation. So let's practice a little participation this morning as we talk about marriage. So what, as people here, do you believe marriage is? What do you think it is? What's it about? Okay. All right. Commitment. Partnership. Sorry, I keep looking over the married, the newly married couple. I don't expect you to answer. Yeah, you're like, I saw you over there poking and prodding. What is it all about? What is marriage all about? It is the joining of two people. It is about love. It's about commitment. It's about a partnership. It's about the holiness and the sacrament. But back in the day, it was about possession. See, the institution of marriage has changed in so many ways over the past several thousand years. It has become more about the love of two people and less about status and money. In Jesus' time and in recent times, marriage was all about property, about the giving of one person to another in order to gain something. Women were usually the pawns that were traded, bought, and sold. Marriage was all about what impact it would have on one's family. And when it came down to it, women were just seen as creatures, as property that could not take care of themselves. They were seen as weak and feeble and not able to make decisions. 
So this question that the Sadducees bring is one that could very well happen. In Jesus' time, like I said, women were not allowed to own anything. And they had no status in society. So they had to be attached to a man in some way, shape, or form, whether that was a family member, a brother from their husband. You know, some way they had to be attached to a man. And if they weren't, then they had to kind of fend for themselves. But that's also where the law came into play because they were told to not pick everything in the fields, to leave the edges, to give places where these women, these widows, these people that had nothing could come. But, but that was not always the case. And with the question from the Sadducees of the law of, well, this widow had no children, so she was just kind of passed along through her husband's family. And if you read into the lines of the scripture, according to that society, the women were to stay at home and do the cooking and cleaning and take care of the household. And as much as the men at the time say they had all the power, I can guarantee you they had none. Because if it weren't for the women in the household, the men would probably starve. The house would be in shambles, and the laundry would be all over the floor. You wouldn't be able to find anything. You wouldn't be able to do anything because you couldn't move around. The women truly had the power over the household. The men had the power in society, but the women had the power over the men by what they did at home. Because I guarantee you back in those days, if a man had walked into the house without a woman, he wouldn't know how to make sure that things were done. Because the women were in charge of all the servants. They were in charge of all the livestock. The men just ran around town and were the public face for the family. So Jesus here takes an opportunity to teach. He takes an opportunity to talk about the resurrection. He talks about justice and he talks about love. You see, as we read through the Old Testament, we can see that the Jews were persecuted a lot. A lot of the time it was because they just couldn't get it right. And God had to teach them a lesson. But no matter what, they still had to learn. They still had to change. They still had to move forward in life. Rome was one of the bigger persecutors of the Jewish faith. And many Jews were killed in order to maintain Roman rule. And many would not see justice in their lifetime. Yet here we have the Sadducees saying, you know, there is no resurrection. So how would the Jews have hope if they didn't believe that there's something better, something more, something bigger? 
there was no resurrection, the Jews would have no hope of freedom. God's justice is what gives hope to the oppressed. And oh, how the Jews had been oppressed up to this point. And that hope leads people to love and the love of God. So Jesus talks about the resurrection because the Sadducees didn't understand. So what what is your understanding of the resurrection? This is another time to participate. What is your understanding of resurrection? It's about peace. It's about eternal life. Some will say that it's about reuniting with our loved ones. It's about justice. It's about love. So in one of the podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis, the two Uh, gentlemen that were a part of that were asking questions of one another and one asked what is the resurrection going to be like and the other answered well 1 Corinthians 2 9 what no eye has seen nor, nor ear heard nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him and then he goes on to say we don't know The resurrection will be very different. The ordinary events and relationships by which we track our journey through this mortal life, marriage, childbirth, graduation, retirements, and so on, do not characterize our eternal lives because resurrection life is not merely an extension of this life, but something wholly different. And he concluded his comments on that question with, God will be there and be with us. Resurrection is something very different. We have several instances of kind of resurrection stories within the scriptures. We have Lazarus, we have the healing of a child, we have Jesus. Each one of those are different. But also in the Old Testament, we have Elisha as he was taken up. He was resurrected in full body form and taken to God. So what is the resurrection going to be like? God only knows and we can only catch glimpses.
through the love, the grace, and the mercy that we receive. As they continue to talk about resurrection, they ask, but what about our relationships with our family? What happens to them in resurrection? And the answer was, our lives are defined by relationship with God and with one another. It would seem likely that these relationships would persist, but perhaps in ways we cannot conceive. Resurrection is about change. It's about a bodily change. It's about a physical change. It's about a spiritual change. It's about an overall new life that comes out of death. So in order to be resurrected, we have to die. And how does that change our perceptions in this world? What is Jesus trying to tell us today? What is the Spirit bringing us today? Well, in talking about resurrection, Jesus is talking about change. Change in the way that we perceive one another. That there is a resurrection and that things are not going to be the same that they are right here, right now. That justice will prevail, but maybe not in this lifetime. That we are to live as resurrection people. That we are to live with hope and love, with passion towards justice with reckless abandonment towards working for peace. And know that God will prevail. The prayer that we pray that Jesus taught us says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So earth to be like heaven and we are to work towards that we are to work towards that peace that caring that understanding that justice that God and Jesus talk so much about we have to live the commandments that Jesus said were the greatest to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Your entire being. And to love your neighbors as yourself. The way that God loves you. So we have to ask ourselves. Are we living out these two commandments? Not just by our words, but by our actions. Not just by coming to church on Sunday mornings, but being involved within the community. Not just participating in Bible study and coming to Sunday school. But fighting the injustices that are out there and helping those who are oppressed. 
We are to work to bring back the people that are being isolated as weak and vulnerable. We are not to deny other people's identities. We are to make sure we remove the log from our own eye before we start calling out and trying to help remove the speck in our brothers. And we must quit participating willingly or by association in anything that oppresses, degrades, that brings about injustice because that's not who we are called to be. We are called to be the resurrected people, those who go out the way Jesus did into the community and stir up some trouble to bring about change the way that Jesus brought about change. Because change is coming whether we want it or not, and it's going to happen with or without us. But are we willing to listen to the change that is being brought? Are we willing to learn and to let go of things that we hold on to way too tightly? Things that may be destroying our belief or faith or lives. As followers of God and believers of the resurrected Christ, I hope we can let go and let God. Remember that saying? Let go and let God. Let God have God's way. And let us move out of the way. So that we can have heaven here on earth. Jesus was all about change. It was all about the new and about love with no boundaries. He showed it in his walks. He showed it in what he did for the people. He showed it when he was questioned by the authorities. And in all of it, he showed that relationship and love is all about the newness of life. You know, I say I love you and there's nothing you can do about it, but God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. We can accept it or reject it. And when we accept that love, we are also to go out and share that love without adding any stipulations that come from society or even the laws that are in the Old Testament. Jesus here in the scripture today tells us that, that it's not going to matter in the resurrection. So let us love, let us live as the resurrected people of Christ, as the children of God.
name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is 117, O God, our help in ages past. Let us sing. As we depart this day, let us uh, responsibly read our benediction. Go forth with courage, for God is with us. God goes with us to guide us. Go forth with faith, for Christ is with us. Christ goes with us to heal us. Go forth with hope, for the Spirit makes us whole. The Spirit goes with us to strengthen us, and may the forces of evil become 